2013 started as the year of cyber espionage, threats to privacy and acts of malicious insiders. It ended, though, with a series of headline-grabbing mega-breaches highlighted by the attack on retailer Target. In its just-issued Internet Security Threat Report, security provider Symantec covers the year's IT security events, and there's a lot of them. To discuss the report, I'm pleased to be joined by Kevin Haley, Director of Symantec Security Response. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you very much. Please take a few moments to summarize the main themes in the report. Well, we've covered a large number of areas in the report, but there's a few that really pop out. Uh, The first, as you alluded to in your intro, is the area of breaches where data has been lost or stolen uh, identity information. was a 62% increase from 2013. The second area was targeted attacks where uh, spear phishing is being used to target somebody in an organization as a way to break into that organization and then go after the company's uh, secrets. And we saw a phenomenal increase in the number of zero-day vulnerabilities out there. 23 zero-day vulnerabilities discovered in 2013, which is more than the last two years combined. Why is this happening now? Why are all these things uh, in such a, seeing such a dramatic increase? We seem to see increases uh, every year. A lot of that is there's very little barrier to entry for bad guys. They're attacking 100 people, moving it to 1,000. There's just not a lot of additional effort required. It's very simple to expand their attacks. And clearly, these attacks are working. Uh, They're being successful for the bad guys, so they're continuing to do them, continuing to push these areas and making the Internet a little less secure. Are the bad guys changing? Are there certain actors now that weren't there or are just getting better at what they're doing? Well, the bad guys are definitely changing. I think that we see more actors entering the space. Their sophistication grows. We see kind of high-end attacking groups who will um, create or discover a new method. For instance, watering hole attacks, which is where you wait on a website for your victim to come and then you get them. That was perfected by one group, and when other groups saw it was successful, they began to copy it, and that technology kind of and innovation kind of flows down, just like in the regular world. So what is the underworld of, of cyber like? We see a vast array of different, uh, different people at different skill, skill levels, some working individually, some working in groups. In general, high-end groups innovate and create new methods of attack, and then that innovation trickles down through the ranks as other, uh, toolkits get written, cookbooks get put out there on how to do these things. The people on the low end of the rung learn from those up on the high end. Are there people who are involved in this industry, as we can call it, who aren't actually doing the attacks, but they're making money selling this stuff? Absolutely. There's a huge market in things like renting out bots, uh, computers that are controlled to run a a denial of service attack. There are people who only create toolkits, so they never use them. They just sell them or rent them to other people to run the attacks. There's people that sell programs that will help you create malware or disguise your malware. There's some people that just specialize in distributing malware, so they won't write it, but they'll get it on a certain number of machines, and you'll pay them for every machine that they get that malware on. So there's a, a real, real era of specialization going on right now that enables even people that don't have a lot of technical skills to get into this and be successful at it. Industry probably started to take off in the mid-2000s, and we've seen it evolve very rapidly in the, in the 10 years since. And, and talk about that rapid evolution. How can organizations keep pace? 
it's very difficult and it's hard to do everything you need to do. The most important thing for organizations is to really focus on what's important. What are the things that they really need to make sure they secure? In general, while we used to think of that as computers or even people, it's really information today that has to be protected. And I think that's what companies need to focus on. What, what is my critical information that I can't afford to have stolen that I really need to protect? And, and understand that, and then you can build your defenses from there. So you're being very selective in what you're going to protect because you can't protect everything. Well, it seems like every day there's a new, we, we see a new threat, a new way you can get attacked or some other way that attackers can break into your organization or, or, or do some sort of harm to your brand. We want to stop all of those, but it's really important to prioritize over what's most important. It goes back to the fundamentals of risk assessment. That's right. And I think sometimes we forget, uh, but it, it does always come back to the, the fundamentals. You've got to follow through on those and build from there. We hear a lot now about the Internet of Things. Is this an area where organizations are very vulnerable because a lot of these devices can't be patched, can't be fixed, hard to replace? Absolutely. First of all, a lot of people don't even realize or haven't thought about how many devices they have that are now connected to the Internet, and that number is only going to grow. These devices are generally running Linux or some operating system that the bad guys know how to write malware for. And as you said, they often have vulnerabilities in them that people don't know about. Imagine you put in security cameras to watch your factory floor. Your intellectual property is all wrapped up into, into the processes on that factory floor. If you've got your security cameras there, you can watch what's going on. But so can anybody else that can, um, who can break into them because you didn't patch vulnerabilities that make it easy for somebody to break in. So this is a real-world problem that's actually happening now. I mean, we're seeing this with security cameras and other devices, and it'll only get worse as we begin to grow and grow this Internet of Things. The end user, the enterprise, has to be responsible ultimately for its security. But in devices, as you just described, a lot of these are from manufacturers, from suppliers that didn't account for security when they built these devices. Who should be responsible to safeguard these devices? I think it's absolutely the manufacturer's responsibility. It's something that they absolutely need to start thinking about. How do I make sure that these get built secure? If vulnerabilities do occur, how do I make it easy for these vulnerabilities to get patched and updated? I mean, we figured this out in this PC space years ago. I think in the Internet of Things and the rush to get these latest gadgets out there, a lot of this has been forgotten or maybe never known. Today, we have to take responsibility because nobody else is, but ultimately, it's the manufacturers that have to make sure that part of the devices they build, part of the features of them is the, is the security, that, or else ultimately people are not going to use them. If they can't trust them, then they're, they're not going to buy them. Was there one thing in this report that surprised you? Yeah, I think the biggest surprise is really around targeted attacks. We talked about the increase of them, but what we saw the attackers do is start to get very selective and get very efficient. So they're actually sending less email. They're actually targeting less people, but they're doing it more often. They're doing more of it. And I think the good news is that's probably a response to the technology getting better at stopping these types of attacks, end users getting better at spotting them and not falling for them. So the attacker have had to get more efficient. There's, there's another thing actually that stands out in the report, and that's in the area of who's being targeted. 
every year we've kind of looked and seen who saw the most attacks. But this year, we actually looked at what were your odds or what were your risks of being attacked? Because some industries may have may not have many attacks, but there may not may be many companies in that industry. And in fact, the big surprise in the report is that while governments saw the most attacks targeted at them, the risk of being attacked was actually highest for the mining industry. Their odds of being attacked were 1 in 2.7. Why do you suspect that? I think it's the mining industry is small, so so they're not as big as the government, but they do get attacked and they do have things people want to steal. They do have financial, they have money in the bank that uh, it may be worth emptying out if you're a bad guy, but they also have intellectual property, like where they're going to mine next, what they're going to sell their minerals for, what the processes they use to extract them from the ground. This is intellectual property that another competitor may look to hackers or thieves to go steal for them. It's a lesson not just for the mining industry, but for all industries that your odds may be greater than you think. If we talk a year from now, what do you think you'll be talking about? If we talk a year from now, we're going to be talking about mobile devices. Some of the stuff we report uh, is about user attitudes. Uh, end users are adopting mobile devices, uh, smartphones, very rapidly. They're bringing them into work, but they don't feel that this is a risky device. They don't think about security. It's a very personal device. So we're seeing behavior where they're not concerned about security. They don't password protect their phones. They they don't do basic things to protect themselves on the devices. And as your personal and work information show up on these and they get lost, stolen, or hacked, we're going to have a problem out there. And that time is rapidly approaching. We've been discussing bring your own device problems for several years now. It still hasn't caught on to most enterprises? You know, we actually did some survey work, uh, 13,000 people around the globe, and 38% of them said that they were victims of a cyber crime on their smartphone. We tend to think that that mobile threat landscape, it, it really hasn't happened yet. Well, it has for 38% of the folks that are out there. Now, some of that is the phone being lost or stolen, but if you have work information on there and that device is stolen, it's breached. It's available. Hopefully, it hasn't fallen into the hands of a bad person, but it's definitely fallen into somebody's hands and if you haven't even taken basic steps to protect that phone, that information is accessible to whoever has, has stolen it or found it. Well, thanks, Kevin. You bet. My pleasure. I've been speaking with Kevin Haley of Symantec for Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.